Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome everyone to episode 86. We have a special episode for you because we actually weren't planning to record today. We're going to record tomorrow, but we have a very special guest before we introduce him. Um, we were talking about Patrick Dempsey and the special Tag Heuer GT4 RS that was racing in. La Carrera Pan American. I was going to say, <laughs> no, they announced it at Rensport, and that's where we started seeing the uh, photos. So I think he left right from Rensport yeah. down to uh, Mexico. So our guest... Um, <laughs> You know, I didn't put two and two together. He had reached out and said, oh, I'm going to swing by HQ coming back from my trip. And um, that was supposed to be Thursday. But I guess after you run a race, your right foot's a little bit heavier. And he got here on Tuesday. So allow me to welcome Pierre Michalchuk from the Rensport region of PCA. And man, we, you've got an amazing story. And that's why Manny wanted to make sure we captured it today on the podcast. Well, thank you very much. So let's talk about the Rensport region is Montreal. Montreal, Montreal, yeah. uh, Montreal, Ontario, right? Uh, Quebec. Quebec. Oh. Quebec, and Ottawa, yep. Ontario. What, what did I say? say? You're going to upset a lot of uh, <laughs> people from Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> no. Got enough international incidents going on in this world right now. <laughs> so, for those that don't know about the La Carrera Panamericana, Manny, why don't you give them a quick little uh, history lesson? Well, essentially, this is where Porsche got the name Carrera from. It was a uh, race that was opening up, I believe, the new highway at the time, and uh, the Pan American Highway. And it was a uh, multi-stage rally that Porsche famously entered their um, 550 Spider, which in 53, I don't think even had the 4-cam engine in 53. That was actually a coupe, too, wasn't a Spider. Um, the coupe, the hardtop could come off, uh, but they put the uh, hardtop on, and they ran, a, uh, I believe, a 1600 pushrod engine on methanol. Oh. I think that's, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, anyways, it's um, something that uh, from there is, uh, is part of Porsche DNA mm -hmm. and, and, and motorsports. They won, and uh, now they recreate it. And I don't think it's like a recreation where it's just for fun and people, uh, this is pretty serious stuff from what Pierre was telling me. It has. It sounds like it hasn't changed a whole lot <laughs> as far as safety goes <laughs> and uh, the risk factor. And uh, I think it's so cool that they still do this race. Well, that I agree with you, but I think Pierre's story is even cooler yes. because it starts even before the race. So my man decided that he would take a car. You've owned, you've owned this car for how long? Two years. Two years. It's a what year? Uh, 78, built in October 77. Uh, uh, 78, 911, packed up his car, hopped in it from Quebec, drove south... <laughs> crossed the border and decided to go racing and then is driving back home um he crossed in texas right yes twice. <laughs> yeah you don't have that many tools in the car because i looked in your car you ran one set of tires the tires that you raced in are the tires that are on your car when you went down and on the way back and uh you you the motor is, I believe, bone stock, well, well maintained bone stock motor on uh, CIS 78 motor, numbers matching car. Um, impressive because that's what Porsche is all about. And he did a few mods. 
to the car, the, the gas tank. Yes. It's so cool. <laughs> gas tank and brakes. Very important. Yes. Uh, turbo brakes to be able to, to brake. Is it, is it 110 or 100 liter gas tank? 110. So the RSR. Uh, 29 gallons 29 gallons 29 gallons let's just think the same as my suburban i, uh, I think <laughs> i think he, the driver probably needs a rest stop before the car does <laughs> however yesterday i left atlanta the porsche center experience uh-huh. drove up to washington up to here and just ran out of gas uh so you two did, miles you did atlanta to dc, to DC on one tank. one tank but i ran out of, out oh. of gas Wow. AAA had to, had to save me with one gallon. Wow, that is amazing. Um, but yeah, you were talking about we, you know, being the nerds that we are. When you pulled up and we walked out to your car, we're immediately looking at the details. And you pop up in the back, and we're looking at man, bone stock CIS seventy eight motor. Um, I no, noticed uh, peeking through your, I think they're sixteen by eight Fuchs in the back, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, uh, 16 by 8 and yeah. 7 at, in the in front, the front yes. right? And so I noticed behind the Fuchs, you have some very special calipers in the rear that are much larger than stock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turbo, turbo, turbo <laughs> front they... and turbo at the back uh, from uh, Elephant Racing. Yes. They look like they make 917 calipers look small. Yeah. yeah. They're huge. But yeah. as you were saying, out of everything that you did to the car, the brakes is where it was most important for you yes and i i can imagine because you're running in these uh you know in these stages at triple digit speeds mm, in some, uh, in some it, places it, okay we were we had special and between special we have transit uh-huh. but uh heading to mexico on the second day i was over 125 miles per hour 135 125, oh, 125. In, uh, on a Stella, uh, it was written 197 kilometers per hour. So wow. I didn't top 200, but during the special, you have to brake to maintain the, the momentum. So mm-hmm. yes, it's constant braking for the special to keep the time. Also, what I noticed about the car, again, being geeks, when you showed us the gas tank, which was amazing, uh, we saw the, uh, is it a Halon system, the fire extinguisher system? Yeah. Uh, no, I put the Novec, the gas, oh, okay. because uh, the gas doesn't destroy uh, electronics. Ah, okay. uh, but it's mandatory, and we realized that when uh, we saw a fire ca- caught in two cars or three cars with bad accident. Yeah, I cannot talk about that, but uh, safety. As we say in the safety as pr- is our prime concern, but mm-hmm. this is particularly true. This is racing and this is where we realize it. And I, I, I didn't notice, does your car have a full cage? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Full cage. Okay. Yeah, that, full is that cage. part of it as well? That's mandatory, even okay. on the roof. I had to add a part uh, on the roof and mm-hmm. then we understand it. And even the suit, uh, double or tri- triple layer, layer, we understand why it's uh, like yeah. that. Yes. Uh, the one thing I noticed that was very cool for me was a very special color green in between some of the panels of your car it's uh it's a very unique green and to see that it, the car is white i'm like that car originally was a very special color it was but i bought it as well as light and like this it was a 275 which is a lime green metallic yes. original color but it was converted to the uh color sample sample to color uh the pearl uh from uh od uh-huh. so yeah. I left it. Yeah, yeah. So you bought, you bought it that way. I so. bought it this but, way. But it started its birth life exactly. as lime green metallic. Yes. Very cool. But I said to my son, he said, 
Dad, you're destroying the car. I said, okay. <laughs> because I changed the bumpers, uh, the oh, RS no. bumpers and uh, the hood and uh, fiberglass. I said, okay, all the parts are in your garage. You can change it anytime if you would like after. <laughs> all right. So you, you've got a, a number of other Porsches. You do driver's ed. I believe you're an instructor as well. Nope. Oh, you're not an instructor? Nope. Really? No. But you have a lot of track time. Yeah. You haven't done you haven't gotten through the instructor course yet. I huh? started in 2010, but uh since then um yeah, okay. Well, it didn't happen. They'll, they'll twist your arm you, now that you've got all this experience. But let's just back up. At what point did you say I want to do this race? It's an interesting question. Um uh, when is Latin uh, America didn't interest me. Mm. Uh however, when I saw a video on the Carrera Panamericana about an hour in 2020. And I said, oh, I want to do this. Mm. And they will give me the opportunity to do the race in a safe environment uh, and learn Spanish at the same time. Ah. <laughs> That's it. It's much, much easier than taking a yep. course. But did, it, but did it start with you going to their website and filling out a registration form? or? Uh, I wanted to do that last year, which uh -huh. was the 35, uh, 35th anniversary. However, my co-pilot said, Pierre, you're not ready. The car is not ready. So I skipped last year and I registered in December. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gave me the time uh, to work on a car for one year and a half with the help of a mechanic. So once you've decided you want to do it, um, the car, is it, did you, did the car place you in a certain class or did you want to be in a certain class so you got this car? I, I was in a B, uh, historic B. Uh, which uh, we competed against that soon, uh, other uh, 911, but lo long hood, mm -hmm. so a certain time period, and power as well, so according to the rules. So okay. up to three liter, uh, no problem. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in B+, mm -hmm. but much uh, powerful uh, cars. cars yeah. uh, so nine, uh, 996 modified, uh, so with wide body, uh, we had a Martini, uh, so mm -hmm. carburetor. So we were not in the same class. So I was heading for the B+, Plus, and when they put me in a B, I was very happy because we're yeah. not competing in, in the same le level. So you figure out you're going to be in the B class. Do they send you the rules for no. B or how does that work? No, no. The, the rule book is 97, 98, 98 pages. Oh. And then it's repetition of every year. So I already know oh, okay. exactly what to do, what not to do. Okay. So that's where, and I called the chief scrutineer. Uh, back, uh, I no, I uh, WhatsApp. We had a conversation uh, for the, the fuel tank. Mm -hmm. and I said, uh, is it, uh, "Do I have to buy the FAA approved?" I said, uh, "No, unless you do racing uh, with FAA rules." Uh, so okay. that's so that's. Uh, there is no mulligation. That's the only difference. Mm. And you said it took about a year for you to prep this car? One year and a half. Wow. I started in February 1st. Mm -hmm. We dismantled the, the engine, the gearbox, uh, worked on every part that it was. Uh, and it's that's the reason why it's so reliable now. And what did you do to kind of shake down the car before you headed south? Or did you put it all back together and just uh, on a hope and a prayer? <laughs> no, no prayer. Basically, we worked very uh, focused, very seriously. The car was not ready, but ready to drive last summer. Mm, okay. Uh, in uh, in two, uh, 2022. Uh, and then 
continue the probation with the cage, uh, all the modification and the fuel and extinguisher system, etc. We've completed. Actually, we mechanics did the tune-up on Friday before leaving on uh, Monday, uh, October second. Wow. So no, not much, but yeah. we had about, I would say 1000 kilometers last year of, uh, trying. Okay. And so you headed South and you were solo for most of it till you got to what? Texas? L Laredo, uh, you, at the border. And yes. you met your co-pilot there? I met the co-pilot. I picked him up at that Santonio. Okay, so do you go to copilots.com to find a co-pilot? No, 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 no. That's a, <laughs> who was your co-pilot? No, we we were doing the for uh, at least what, 15, uh, 15 years, two thousand and five. Huh? So, but co-pilot, it's a specific role uh, to know. Tight keeping, uh -huh. uh, the books, etc., and that's very hard. The, he didn't know, and it's learning curve was very hard for both of us. I have much admiration for co-pilots, <laughs> and Manny's laughing. He, he could not be your co-pilot <laughs> because I am such a delicate flower. Let alone all the skills that you need to go through a rally. I literally just can't really sit in the passenger seat while someone is driving aggressively because without getting car sick. Without getting car sick. So I, um, I very but, much am envious of co-pilot. But I have to say the objective was to start in one piece mm -hmm. and finish in one piece. So being aggressive, I already we were on the same page. No way we would drive over I say seventy percent sometimes in the special I yeah. was at only at fifty percent because he said, I'm lost. Yeah. So then go with the flow. Yeah. So you picked up your co-pilot in Laredo, and I'm assuming that's where you crossed into Mexico. Exactly. Now, did you? You're still just the two of you crossing, or did you meet up with? Other no, people? we had a convoy. We we arranged okay. with a convoy, so four other five hundred, uh, yeah. five five persons, so five cars. Yes. Yeah. So uh, to the average person who probably hasn't crossed the border at Laredo or crossed or driven into Mexico. You know, you watch movies, you don't know what to expect. Like, what were you greeted by the government? Did you just drive through? Like, what was the plan? True. No, true. So that's one of the reasons why we're doing this in a safe environment. Yes, Guardia Nacional was helping us ah, okay. uh, more or less. But yeah. at the border, with the convoy to get out of Nouvelle Laredo, when we crossed the border, we had to go to immigration first, mm -hmm. also to Banjillero, which is uh, to get the vehicle uh, temporary vehicle permit. Ah, right. So right. administrative papers. Okay. So we were a bunch of them, uh, mm -hmm. of us. So we did that, and then we continue. So so once you cross the border, how long did it take to get to the start of the race? Two days. So oh, we, you still wow, had two more really? days of driving. Oh yeah, we had we had uh, wow. another one thousand five hundred kilometers. So that oh, uh, let's say one thousand miles because we stop at Tampico one night uh -huh. and then we finish and we completed that Veracruz before uh, to start the, the so race. So how did you handle all of your accommodations? Was that through the race? Like they know yes. where people are going to yeah. stay yes, and exactly. they recommend hotels? and Yeah, it was uh, booked in advance so we knew exactly where we were stopping. Oh, sounds like yeah, an yeah, amazing yeah. adventure. <laughs> yeah, organization. Maybe, you think let's we can do, do this it. someday? Let's do it. <laughs> Find a car. Let's use your 964. At least, we, at least we get the language covered. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's a great experience. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm kind of taking over. No, I'm listening. That's this it. is so. This cool. is something I've always wondered about. Yeah, is what what is what it takes to race uh, this race. And yeah. uh, um, we were just talking. Uh, it happened to be pod on unpacking day today. Yeah. <laughs> we were all the whole office was in the back unpacking our Rensport pod, and of course we were looking at Pierre's car, uh, saying you know how fun it would, looks like it would be. Um, and uh, Bogdan was saying about the difference between rally. 
and road racing. Mm. And, you know, each one is, uh, has their attributes. Uh, but with rally, unlike a road race where you're repeating lap after lap. Now, mm-hmm. as I explained to him, I said every lap changes because the car changes, the track changes, tires change. But here, not knowing what's coming around the corner, or at least having a lot of trust in your navigator telling yeah. you what's coming around the corner, now, that's got to be kind of hairy. Now, is Panamericana the same tightness and aggressiveness of, say, like WRC? Uh, in are, a different are, level. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's the same uh, pattern. Uh-huh. However, they're professionals. Yeah. They're uh, looking for time. They are paid. We're paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gentlemen drivers, uh, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> you're, not used yeah, to yeah, be called, yeah, yeah. you're not used to be called a gentleman? <laughs> no, no, yes. But but you mentioned about something. Uh, we thought about an adventure. Uh, let's go. Uh-huh. Uh we were actually what happened uh, the first two days we had a learning curve we were penalized a lot uh being oh. late being advanced so uh, most likely i think being late i didn't look at the uh the results first day was not uh, qualification was not so bad we qualified in uh, 33 out of uh, around 60 so th- that was the order of the of the race actually for the day one day one went pretty good and we thought okay that's fine However, day second, uh, we were late arriving in Mexico. Uh-huh. So we didn't take the convoy altogether. So we had to manage to go through uh, the circulation and uh, all the traffic by ourselves. By ourself. So uh-huh. we find one or two cars heading together. Yeah. We crossed the arch. Third day, problem started. Uh, broke my uh, first. So we finished first gear. First gear. Yeah. We finished, completed, but uh, I said, okay, we cannot continue with the first, especially with the bumps. Uh, yeah. Some are really high, I would say horrible, mm. uh, because you have to go, so you have to go through uh, sideways, yeah. even though uh, sometimes you don't see, they're not marked, uh, sometimes they're adding. On the Do race. you mind giving me a percentage of um, how much of it is like normal highway road, how much is it loose gravel, how much of it is dirt road? I would say mostly road. Some are very nice. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as you're approaching a city or a village, you have bumps. Ah, and it can okay. be as high as half foot, half, even, even higher. Six inch like potholes. Yeah. And okay. wide uh, two feet. That's even more amazing that you did all this on one set of tires and wheels. Eh. <laughs> and no support <laughs> and without support that's yeah, without no servicio support. so yeah. that's uh, we were two cars without service maybe three until you got to Baltimore or <laughs> Columbia <laughs> we'll talk about that in a yes. second until you needed the PCA support team <laughs> yes um, so so when you when you lost first gear where were you and then what were you thinking uh, I can't continue or no. where do you get this fixed You're in okay the... so we get a Huge help. Uh, people are very, uh, very helpful. So we fin- we went with another car, uh, the 270, uh, with uh, Alfonso and Mauricio. They helped us, gave us uh, reference, as as well as the chief scrutineer said, go to Toluca. So from Cuaratero to Toluca, back almost to Mexico to fix this uh, gear. He's a knowledgeable person. I can confirm yeah. this kind of knowledge uh, that is lost for all the car. That's amazing. So he, we had an accident on the way uh, to, the, uh, to the garage. He, we arrived at 11, worked until eight uh, night, 
the next day 11 it was almost completed uh the engine was down remove the gearbox found the problem solved it uh refilled with oil checked and uh, aligned because i hit a bump so the steering wheel was not fine so we completely went back on our way for the next uh city on uh, at three o'clock so we were speeding uh, and that's nice we can we can speed wow that's amazing to find some not only find uh someone that's willing to work on your car that you know and has expertise but then also has the parts to be able to complete the job yeah yep. wow that's so cool he was also prepared to work on the f4 engine 1.4 turbo and got 206 horsepower flat for 4,000 to oh 500, 900. So he definitely knows what he was doing. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, um, and how many days were was the race total? The race started on 13, qualifications of 12, and then we completed at Monterey on the 19th, so seven started days. Started in Veracruz. Yes. Okay. And they ended in Monterey. Monterey, yeah. Mexico, not yes. Monterey, <laughs> California. Monterey. So 2,000 miles So total. every stage, you have seven stages, I guess, seven days. Uh, when you arrive in that town, is it a celebration? Is it uh, just uh, uh, no one realizes you're coming in? You can describe as much as you can, but the crowd, uh, the, the autograph, we never had uh, as many selfies or photographs. Wow, that's great. It's amazing. People are So you're a rock smiling. star. You're a rock star when you arrive. Without knowing it. That's awesome. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's, that's amazing. So embrace this race. Yes, yeah. mixing people and youth uh, present. So yes, we signed a lot of uh, autographs. I guess yeah. they're asking questions about the car and and answering yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Now you know we've seen footage and a lot of historic footage of this race, and you think about how um, fairly unregulated things are as as far as um spectators or next to the road you're driving by buildings within mere inches is it still that way today or has there been more regulations put for safety for safety uh yes there is on the, the crowd on the road uh they're they're on the sides and so you just cheer them because they, and they they respond to that so that's very nice yeah entering the city crossing the arch it's like the Tour de France cycling. It's very close. Oh, very, and my yeah, co-pilot said, it's too crowded for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, very sympathetic mm -hmm. uh, people. Yes. Oh. The crowd is great. So and, and even today, uh, you're still seeing like uh, Mercury's. Yeah. Studebaker's. Studebaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. running. It's not uh, all like Porsche, Ferrari type race cars. No, no. It, it was run what you had, essentially. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of big American cars that still run. So did you find yourself running with a pack of cars or were you gaining on people or people passing you? Like, how did they stage you? Were you by yourself most of the time or? I tried to be with uh, some car uh, in transit because uh, it's not safer, but you know where you're going because we didn't have that much instrument. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as soon as we have, a, okay, same level, for example, the uh, car number 270, uh, car, um, Alfonso and Mauricio with a Renault 12. Yeah. We're running at the same pace. Okay. So let's follow him. He knows the road better yeah, than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So let's sure. do it. Sure. Especially for doing it the first time, you get someone experienced leading, leading the way for you. Yes. Especially for the bumps. When you see brakes, 
So, oh, yeah. and at the entrance and at the exit of uh, any town, village, and sometime on the road, you have a lot of bumps, a lot. So everything that you packed when you were uh, in Quebec and getting ready for the race, did you have to keep all that stuff in your car? Or did you yep. leave? Yep. So everything you packed yes. was with you the yes. whole time? No service. The whole way. Wow. The old way. Wow. And how about, well, speaking of service, how about like phone service? Like, should you, it was normal? Like you had phone yeah, service yeah. everywhere? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, except some parts in a mountain sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but for the most part, you had most part, yes. That's, had. that's a nice safety net to have. However, for the Navy, for the co-pilot, that was very difficult because I I didn't have a SIM card from uh, from the uh, Telcel or Mexican yeah. telephone. Uh -huh. And that was a difficult part because to find our way, even the, 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 the book for the stages for... We were not lost, but to find it and to follow the pace, mm. special and sp special was okay because it, the road is blocked. But for the rest, transit, yeah. finding your way, uh, that was hard. So we were helped with the SIM card, uh, but only on the third day. Yeah. So when you say transit, that means you finish the stage and now you got to get from one no, stage to uh, another? Or? No, uh, okay. What is, what is timed is the specials. So it's in red, uh -huh. but the time between specials, you have to get there. Uh -huh. So you have the crowd, etc. but it's on your own. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, so it's not time. That counts, not it's time. the special. Mm. That's uh, cumulative time. The rest, you have that much time to f to complete that. Okay, so for example, two hours, 15 minutes, etc. Et but you're on your own. Uh -huh. So that's where we were trying to find the... Uh, so during transit stage, do you have time to stop and refuel and get something to eat? Or? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yes. Just just make sure you're to the next exactly. stage. Exactly, not in yeah. advance, not yeah. because you're penalized. If you're uh, in advance, you double, penalties oh, double. Okay, but okay. if it's, uh, for example, you have five minutes late, so you see a lot of cars parking, yeah. so waiting for the time to get for the next. Uh, uh, so we it was a learning curve. Wow. So we go to Alabama for the parade. We're going to have to tell the wives this is a special stage. No bathroom stops. And I just, then we explained that the transit is where my you My family yells at me all the time for that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to stop here because we're going to get gas. I need you all to unload. Go to the restrooms <laughs> until the day. So okay. your, what, what time did your day start during the, during the race? Uh, I would say normally 6.30, 7. seven. Yeah, 7.30. Um, one day was... Eight that I think day day six, but the last stage uh, day seven started at six or six thirty mm -hmm. because it was a long way. It was uh, over seven hundred fifty kilometers. So and what time did you get into like on the last day? What time did you get into Monterey? Oh, uh, we were late. We arrived at uh, finishing the special and coming back. And actually, the the other the pilot uh, two seventy uh, waited for us because I asked for him. I said, "Okay, that's mm. gonna be better." And we were speeding all together. Um, so we arrived at I would say, I think eight. So the show was almost over, wow. but oh. the crowd was still there. Yeah. But we finished. That's I can share a picture of that yeah. because it's uh, that's where you you finish. And I never thought that we'll go on the on the. At the door, on a step door of the car, and yeah. then the cheer. Yeah. You, f you complete this. That's awesome. Checked. So one of the things that, I don't know if it's true or if it's just through Hollywood or movies I've seen, like when you finish your day, like day two, three, four, if your car was, you didn't have to worry about your car, is it a party or do people so tired they go to bed? Okay, that's 
Good question. Okay. People with service, chauffeur are taking the car and they eventually repair. They have the truck. Oh, they can party. They can, they, someone's they take care of it. A party, more or less. But you're, you're, the crowd is there. So you're there. You can explain. So the first day we didn't know. So mm. we stayed two hours or two hours and a half <laughs> at the expense of going to, to the dinner, to sleep, etc., etc. So you can head up and uh, you're in bed at eleven. Then the next day next starts. Day. Oh. So you, <laughs> you gotta it's pace a yourself. learning term. You got to pace yourself. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. two days were actually it's I can decompose the, the race in three parts. First two race, uh, two days for race uh, for uh, competing learning curve. Three days we lost three days of um, repair, so we catch up, and then six and seven much better because. Uh, because we knew a little bit more. Would you do it again? I would do it again. The same way, I don't know. Uh, the car can. I would choose a different route. Co-pilot, for him, the level of stress was too high for him. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He said it's not for me. D, yes, but this said, is I'll finish it, but this will be done. This is uh, one yes, and done. And one and done. That's, that's a great experience. Yeah. Uh, we talked uh, briefly yesterday, but it was still on the road. But uh, yes, but do it again. I doubt it. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. for you, people, uh, you know, get to the to the finishing line and they're celebrating. You're celebrating as well. But for you, you still got to make your way back to Quebec. So yeah, um, yeah, you, you celebrated on the uh, in Monterey, and then you, are you just? Making your oh, of course you had to stop by here, but you're just going heading home. Okay, we celebrate was briefly on uh, passing crossing the arch. Then we had a breakfast next morning ah, all together, okay. okay. uh, ceremony with uh, trophy etc. And then at uh, noon, heading or one o'clock, heading back to uh, from Monterey to San Antonio because mm. my co-pilot had to take the flight back from San Antonio to, okay. to Montreal, and then with the other car without service as well, a 356 from uh, North Carolina. So uh, Nicola and Pedro, uh, car 408, I think. Uh -huh. And uh, we drove together to New Orleans. Then from New Orleans, we split a mobile. He went to Tallahassee and I went to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Then yesterday from Atlanta to, to Washington. And hopefully tonight I will be uh, in Montreal. Wow. wow. So <laughs> you are right now, I think you're right around the 7,500 mile mark of that you've since the beginning of your journey, right? About 7,500 miles? Hundreds, uh, hundred, I was at 178. Uh, 100,000 miles, uh, kilometers, now 190 and something uh, kilometers. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And you did this again with very little tools, one set of tires, you drove down, went through the border, seven stages, Yes. coming back up, and you roll up to PCA headquarters, and I'm the one that noticed your rear tire was low on air. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, I, was I, I saw it was low and I thought maybe keep it low for traction or something in the dirt. Yeah. And then I looked on, I looked on the passenger side rear and I'm like, mm, yeah, there's definitely yeah. a difference. Two holes. So yes. thankfully, I mean, you were kind of like, oh, darn. But I'm like, that is like perfect. That is perfect that you landed here. And uh, we, we brought the car around back. And not only did we find one nail, but we found two nails and although we didn't do the approved uh you know patch from the inside but i think uh, just plugging it and getting you home is uh important right now so uh we did a little bit of roadside service for pierre 
Actually, I was thinking about taking a spare wheel or seven inches spare wheel, but it didn't fit. Because of the oh, gas the, Now you got this big no, gas but, right? But it's a little bit bigger, and I didn't want to take a steel because it's very heavy. Aluminum oh, one yeah, is, yeah. The fuchs are very light, so I wanted right. to put, but with the hood, cannot match, and especially uh, up in the front. So And you, you didn't want to run like a roof rack or anything like that? Or, or can you? Do they allow it? I could oh, actually. Okay. The fifty six had a spare wheel they didn't use, yeah. uh, but it, center of gravity is going up. Yeah. So, so no. I took a chance. <laughs> you did, and you're, and I you're doing a, okay. You're doing and okay. And I had a chance. <laughs> yes. Thanks. All right. Are you using regular? Does it Yokohama tires? Uh, yeah, a special two hundred treadwear yoke is like uh, I think so. Yeah. That's zero eight R. Rs, yeah. Uh, so I have a second set at home, but um, and they don't do that anymore. They have the zero nine now. Yeah, those. Yeah, that's right. Because they're um, not a same. No longer in production. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm. Thank you for sharing the story. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you here today, and we wish you safe travels back to Montreal. Thank you very much. Thank you for this opportunity as well. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yep. Whoa, so how cool was that? I, like, so want to do that now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we need to make up a game plan. Uh, I, I don't know about driving from Montreal all the way, but the actual race, that sounds like a, a blast. Man, that is definitely a bucket list item. I volunteer your 964. I think your car is comfortable <laughs> enough, but we would do It's super reliable, and that would be awesome. But the problem is, though, you'd have to ride shotgun the whole time because I can't ride passenger unless we're going straight. <laughs> and I don't think rallies just go straight. You'll have to uh, just put a bunch of those little uh, dots. Oh, those dots, your, uh... yeah. Man, can you imagine? That's that would be so much fun. You know, I would I would almost be happy just to go to the race and see it and kind of live vicariously through them and party and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that's got to be fun. I, I like the party part of it, but although it sounded like you're so exhausted that... Uh, but but if you go as a spectator, you can party. So, you know, Bob, I think it was Bob Miller and Gary uh, did uh, the um, Targa Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I remember hearing from them something similar yeah. where every town they went into, uh, people are waiting for them. And they had a big party and there they would park their cars like in gymnasiums. Oh. And uh, the town would come out and they would have... Um, dinner i mean it was like a party every yeah. night uh welcoming these uh rally participants uh but it was um dangerous too i mean there was cars that flipped oh uh, a lot of them didn't make it uh it was um a big learning experience for them but yeah we were looking yeah. at the uh, standings um after we stopped recording and there was a lot of dnfs and unfortunately there was one one uh car or driver or passenger they made it to the last stage and then had like a what a throttle cable or something broke something i mean yeah. it was fire you, there was could uh, you imagine doing that and getting to the last stage and not making it across the finish line yeah like we were talking once like we stopped recording it's i told him i said you know i race in rentsport too i don't remember what place i finished i just remember that i raced there and yeah. what it was sure, like uh, absolutely on the banking of daytona of all the fans so um i think it's the same similar thing i don't know if you're going out there to win but really to yeah. enjoy the experience very cool. So thank you, Pierre, for stopping by and sharing the experience with us. Definitely has uh, motivated Manny and I to maybe do something kind of, <laughs> maybe not to that extreme, but 
certainly something like that's going to be on our bucket list. Uh, let's do a little bit administrative, so to speak, is just remind you uh, to go to PCA.org and check out our newsletters. If you don't already subscribe to eBreak News, Mark Fresh News, Performance News and such. And of course, we are we have crossed over the 80,000 mark uh, on YouTube. So we certainly appreciate it when you subscribe. We also love the comments. Uh, we got a lot of comments in the most recent episodes. So thank you for that. And of course, always hit that like button so um my weekend i'll just kind of kick it off was kind of a hodgepodge of different things but had a fantastic weekend uh kicked it off with uh mikey and mel's they had a halloween themed uh event and a full array of cars and costumes and man people got really creative and brought out a lot of hardware and i got to see the black and orange gt3 rs that someone brought out that is super clean and i think this is the this is the time of year where that car really shines with that color combo. Wouldn't you need like the Trans-Siberian Rally version of this? Of course, that, uh, to, to go as orange a, with black. Yeah, to yeah. go as a matching pair, for sure. Uh, and then uh, Saturday night was probably the highlight of my weekend. It's not car-related at all, but I have to say I was lucky enough, and my wife uh, thought early enough to get us tickets to go to the Capital One Arena to see Lauren Hill and the Fugees. Oh, they were so good. 25-year reunion. I felt like I was back in college, and I think the crowd thought they were back in college because they acted and sounded like a young group, but I looked around, and they were all our age. It was like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everyone had an amazing time, and I think we were super lucky because when she came on, I noticed her voice was a little raspy, and she apologized, and she said, you know, I still wanted to come. I didn't want to cancel. And she she knocked it out of the park. And, of course, with the Fujis as well. And I saw a note yesterday that she actually had to cancel oh, her wow. Philly. Yeah, I think so. Wow. She canceled her Philly one, which is the next stop. And uh, so we are fortunate to uh, to have experienced the whole thing. I mean, she, she went two hours. First, it was an hour of just Lauren Hill and then, and then an hour with the Fujis. And in between, they brought in the uh, Howard University marching band. That was electric as well. Can you imagine the whole marching band was on stage and just, whew, it was wow. crazy. Um, so recovering from that on Sunday, it is turning to be a beautiful environment here in uh, Maryland with all the leaves, the fall foliage, and uh, just uh, went out to um, Buddy's house. And I think uh, there are a couple of pictures. Hopefully, uh, Robert has them. Uh, a friend has a minimalist house. Uh, that's not the house. That's a, the, the, the shed that uh, he uh, he built for his cars. And it's just beautiful out. The cool, cool weather. So your engine is happy. That's not his 996 Turbo. No, that's that. Mr. Bill's uh, Speedster. I know that. But, and uh, that's Gary's 997 okay. Turbo. Yeah. So his cars, his cars was tucked in that little barn. Um, he has a, I think it's, what's the color? Green. Um, a Venturine Green 993, and he has a red 996 um, parked next to that that old school Airstream. So, hmm. yeah, pretty uh, pretty fun weekend. You had you got to meet, and I've met this gentleman before too. Probably the most distinctive voice, and of any car enthusiast, if you heard this gentleman's voice, you know it. It's familiar because he's the OG of social media cars, and people tuned in every weekend to listen to him and his crew speak on all sorts of cars. Yeah, John Davis of Motor John Week. John Davis uh, of Motor Week. At least those of us who, like, even uh, was, um, Dan McNally, who's a young guy in our region, he uh, 
He said, I wanted to tell them that I was younger. I used to have a spreadsheet with all the zero to 60, all their stats. Oh, the really? They reviewed. Yeah. And I'm like, you should have. He probably would have loved to hear that. And he said he used to uh, every never miss a show and write down all the uh, the specifics of the cars they reviewed before the internet was around that they make it easier for us. Um, but yeah, he was the guest speaker. Uh, they had to reschedule this event because of um, a possible hurricane that was going to hit. So the rescheduled date um, kind of conflicted with John's schedule, but he was able to come out for at least the Concours and uh, and have lunch with us. And he did a little presentation for us. Uh, but yeah, it was very cool. Um, the region asked me to kind of like uh, be his guide um, while he was at the Concours. So we got a long time to chat. Yeah. And uh he started Motor Week himself. He was an idea he had. He brought it to uh, Maryland Public Television, and uh, they liked it. And at the time, a car magazine show was something brand new. And uh, I think he said they sat on it like for three years, not deciding whether or not they really wanted to try really? this or not. And uh, when they finally did, it, it became a hit. And uh, he's been doing it for over 40 years, I think he said. And it's... Uh, so I hope you'll take this as a compliment because when we started doing videos, I kind of likened your style to him because you're very calm and you're very technical and you have you don't have like a gimmick, so to speak, when you talk about cars. You're like this, yeah, <laughs> yeah like you're, you're, you're. I wasn't smart enough to think of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but he was like kind of like a no nonsense guy, and he's just an enthusiast and uh, put it into terms for you know the layman's person to uh, understand. And I was especially proud because everything he well not everything but a lot of the things that he did was in Maryland. Yeah, it was right in Knowings Mills, uh, and that's uh, from those that aren't around here. That's probably about maybe forty five minutes from our offices. And he is, uh, I mean, he's known around the world probably because mm -hmm. um, that's a I mean, syndicated show. Before and, him, what show would, would you think So of? he told a story about how they lost uh, this old house. was supposed to be one of the things that MPT came out with, uh, Maryland Public Television. Oh, the but home they, improvement? They, the they, home they, they like gave it to Boston instead. Oh. And then Boston hired Bob Vila. Bob Vila, and oh. became the rest of history. Oh, wow. So then the new, his new boss... I said, well, I'm not going to have that happen again. Mm -hmm. So when John came with this idea, John was doing uh, Wall Street Week at the time. Oh. And uh, when he came up with this idea of this car magazine show, his boss didn't want to hand it over, he just, but he wanted to sit on it. So like I said, they sat on it for three years, and then they did, gave it the uh, okay, and um, they went forward with it, did the pilot. and What year did it start, roughly? Uh, I guess you got to do the math. For, I think he said 40-some years. 40-some years? Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, but he's been the host the whole time. Um, he, uh, is still very much involved with the show. He said he can see himself in a couple of years, uh, stepping back and just doing the intro mm -hmm. for the show. Uh, in fact, he showed us a little clip that's going to be coming up in Motor Week about Porsche's 75th anniversary. And somebody yelled out, uh, you got to do the intro yeah. before you show us. And he said, no problem. And he got oh. a deep voice and he said, this is Motor Week with John, and John Davis. Awesome. And yeah, it was a, he was a very down to earth guy, very approachable. He, you know, we we talked about how much um, the world has changed with the mm -hmm. the internet and YouTube, and uh, I asked him about AI, and uh, he paused and said uh, that basically um, he does not allow his writers to use AI. He's paying them to write, yeah, and he wants uh, original writing and sure, uh, um, and the sound. I think I told you was surprising. He said their number one complaint when they get complaints is sound, never video. 
It's always sound. It's not me always writing in, but sound is definitely important to me. <laughs> um, you know who I miss, though? And who I really, like, I love John Davis as well, but Pat Goss. I think everyone did. Everyone Pat asked Goss him about that. was a cool that. dude. Yeah, he was a good friend. Of just, John basically pulled people he knew or mm-hmm. was friends with, and Pat was one of them when he did the first show. Oh. And so Pat ended up being um, a, a fixture on the show. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, he showed up in a uh, press um, uh, Ruby Star Carrera T. Oh, yeah, nice. And he liked it very much, and uh, he picked his favorite car, which turned out to be Bob Miller's 964 uh, 92 Carrera RS. Yeah, that's uh, not European a... version. He loved that car. <laughs> yeah, and Maritime Blue. Not hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but um, yeah, he had a good time. He was there about three hours. Um, the event went went very well. Uh, they uh, just big challenges: a Concours Rally. Tech quiz, dinner, all wrapped up in one day. Isn't it one and of the longest running events? Longest running a multi-event. It's supposed to be weekend, but although now it's just one day. Mm-hmm. Um, that they started, I think, in 61 or something like that. Wow. They've had to miss it two or three times because of either uh, the current president at the time or um, COVID. I COVID, think they had yeah. to obviously miss it. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, we're so I'm happy we were able to attend that. The next day, we went to um, a new sponsor of the region, which uh, completed the circle of all four dealers being involved with PCA, and that was Porsche Wings Mills, who hadn't been a sponsor in a long time. And they um, held a uh, kind of like a meet and greet, I guess, uh, event at their service department. And uh, from there, I got an invite to a Porsche driving experience. Up at New Jersey Motorsports Park, which I'll nice. report on the next podcast. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to drive the Macan T, Taycan GTS, the 911 Carrera S, and the 911 Carrera 4S. Nice. So, yeah. And it, will it be on-track experience or will it be street driving? They said the Taycan will be an autocross and the other ones will be on-track. Oh, you better represent. Yeah. So, I, well, I don't think they're going to be doing... Uh, time runs. Hot lap time <laughs> runs. <laughs> I will bring my own helmet, though. Oh, um, they're going to be, they be intimidated by your... Right, I'm sure. You my gotta, my white open-face helmet looks identical oh, to the ones they use. You don't use your, like, flashy, like, all-colored one? You, like, had, like, multiple colored helmets. I got the new one because that aged out or, you know, uh, whatever the, uh, the requirement, the uh, Snell uh-huh. uh, requirements now, uh, it aged out. So, plus with the open, when I'm, when I'm autocrossing and instructing, it's easier to give instructions when mm-hmm. your face is open, not closed uh, with the closed face. That'd be so, cool. Yeah, it was a pretty busy weekend and uh, the weather now, held it's, up. It's interesting. Well, I'm glad you got invited and you're going to be able to represent PCA. But if I'm not mistaken, most of those events are what Porsche coins as conquest. events meaning you know it's not that they don't love their existing customers or say pca members but the objective of those events is really to invite people that don't have a porsche and get them into the seat which explains why we got to invite the last minute because i'm sure they wanted to fill it fill it yeah i couldn't find people i don't don't blame them i can't blame them i mean (laughs) that's that's the the formula to sell cars is getting new but like we talked uh it's also good and i've been to these before um you see the enthusiasm on these people's faces who are not Porsche people mm-hmm. or really performance driving, but they're having a blast. And I love to tell them, Hey, if you buy a Porsche, you can continue doing all this stuff with your car. You know, with PCA, you can do driver's ed, you can do autocross, whole bunch sure. of your whole world expands with just the purchase of this car, because now you've entered a, uh, 
uh, I'm not going to say yeah. a cult, but a club a where every weekend yeah. there's something to do, even if it's just a car show or cars and coffee. It's something that you can uh, go and hang out with like-minded people. Yeah, sure. And if Porsche is listening, you know, of course we are ambassadors of the brand. You know, Lexus doesn't have this. Lexus, if you if they didn't arrive and drive, you'd like their car. You buy their car, and it's you and your Lexus. But you buy a Porsche, you have uh, the ticket, so to speak, to enter this whole lifestyle community well, of. We yeah we talked about it at Rensport how many manufacturers would kill mm-hmm. to have that kind of uh, enthusiasm for their brand that they would come from all over, all over the world for four days yeah just for one brand I think Harley Davidson is the only thing that could compare uh, back up to Mr Davis did you ask him like you know over the forty years you know when he started again I can't think of a show that was a competitor to what he does or, or a similar show but nowadays you have people pumping out shows online you have shows on you know like discovery channel like how has his recipe changed no, i think they've stayed true to their formula mm-hmm. and it isn't like yeah there's a lot of car shows on online but they all they all have the same recipe where um i can they, the car comes in they don't have enough time to work on the car mm-hmm. There's sometimes internal conflict with some of the employees. They get the car ready. They show it to the people. The people hug and kiss. They're happy. Mm. Rinse and repeat. That's yeah. what every show is essentially yeah. uh, uh, like. And 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 it's hard to tell from one show to another really what's different because they're all using the same formula. Um, and to MotorWeek's credit, they're um, pretty – if you want to learn about a car and you're not interested in – personalities uh, who are behind the camera or in front yeah. of the camera, that's the place to get it because they're going to give you a review. Like you said, a no-nonsense review. And uh, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah. I, I can envision it now so many times on a Saturday. I think I think they were Saturdays. But I remember seeing the um, they do the excel- 0 to 60, mm-hmm. and then they do the braking, and then they do the slalom. And I think it was that like a drag strip nearby or something like that? But it was always the same place. Yeah, up in Frederick, Maryland, 7580. Which is closed now. Which is closed, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's iconic to see. Like, I remember the cars from the 80s and 90s all doing the same thing. And then once in a while, you would see them, you know, driving, I guess, the back roads of Owings Mills and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was so yep. cool. Yep. They have the, I guess, the faces of the people in front of the camera change. John mm-hmm. says the same, but they have different people who, uh, uh, I remember the, the, the young lady that did the news, like Singlaw or Sing. Uh, anyways, I remember she, like her voice is also very distinctive and I can remember her talking about like the industry news and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing how much it hadn't changed that, uh, yeah. I guess it's comfort, like comfort food. It, it mm-hmm. stays the same and, uh, you could, that's what's, I mean, could you imagine turning to Murder Week and seeing conflict between John Davis and one of the, <laughs> it just what seems like something's wrong. Unfortunately, I think in today's world, they probably want that sort of reality. Well, I guess that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's the uh, benefit of public television that, yeah. uh, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. Some people may say, but, uh. I like it. It's yeah. Uh, whenever it's on, I always try to watch it. Now, uh, this past Monday, you got to do something very special with Damon. And again, thank you to uh, Bob Miller and At Speed Motors. There is a pair of, uh, let's just say, not very special nine nine sixes that uh, you got to record. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, come out of video. It's basically um, the two thousand four nine eleven GT three RS, which was never imported to the US. Euro only. Yeah, and that he has a two thousand and three uh GT three cup car. 
mm. um, that obviously they were never street legal. Uh, Bob does the uh, drive for both of them on the street. With his dealer tax? I had left because <laughs> Damon had to go back home and get a battery. So uh, that was going to be like a hour round trip, I think. So I said, you know what? I, I'll go back to the office. I got work to do. So uh, he was there pretty late filming. Yeah. So I, I would imagine everything went well. Ooh, I'm excited to see uh, that footage. So I haven't seen the video, but um, he was, Bob said he'd be willing to take the cup car out and, uh, and do a little I, drive in it. I can imagine driving a cup car on the street is probably terrible. It's miserable. I, I got to say it's terrible. I mean, you, from my race car, which yeah. wasn't a factory race car, but was built up. You know, your tire, he's got slicks on that. Oh, oh and gosh. the turning radius is better on the dump truck. Because it's oh, just not yeah, made yeah. for, right. like, uh, street turning. Right. Yeah, it's great on the racetrack, but you're not going full opposite lock. Full lock, yeah. Uh, if you are, you've got bigger problems than your lap time. That's funny. And uh, um, But the GT3 RS, uh, he took out, too. What we really showed was um, uh, how much they were to, uh, similar, but how much they were different, too. Mm-hmm. And this is the point in time where... When they come with the 997 cup car, they really, really separate a lot. It really had little mm-hmm. to do with the street car. But the 996 was still very much, uh, they, they used a lot of parts of that street car. The engine was identical. How come that car never came to the United States? The RS? Yeah. I, I would imagine, well, you know, the things that it had on it that you had to change, it had a lot of plastic windows, rear window the rear quarter side side windows were so it's probably like a NHTSA thing, like it um, went past. I'm sure it had to be something with uh, uh-huh. could have been emissions too, mm-hmm. but uh, that was I think the last RS that we didn't get, mm-hmm. and after that we started getting all the uh, RSs. So that was kind of a unicorn to see. A I remember uh, when the Ingram collection got theirs, and it was all made in white. There was no other color. Right. Uh, you had either the choice of blue or red trim. And which one did this have? This one had red. Ah, red uh, wheels, red script, red script, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a uh, it's a unique car we take for granted now that RSs are something that we see regularly. But there was a time when the RSs were just Europe only. Speaking of values for a nine nine six Cup car nowadays, depending on hours on motor and condition, you could probably find one. 75k or so up to maybe yeah, they're, 150 they're tremendous value yeah and uh they really shined in club racing because people that were we, we talk about in the video is that you could not take a gt3 and build a cup car yeah i mean yeah. Uh, not 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 reasonably price wise you're not saving right. any money you're, you're killing a gt3 and you're not getting a real factory right. race car right um and there's so much they change to make it a factory race car that uh, it just makes sense to buy just a, yeah. a used cup car, and it's a specific tool for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, it is a car that um, you know uh, anyone who's driven a factory race car would tell you there's nothing like a factory prepped uh, yeah. car. So it's um, but for fun, we decided to compare to see how much is the RS similar to a cup car. In many ways, uh, more so than a lot of other cars who. Marketing people claim that it's really just a race car, but it had little to do with the one that's on the track. This actually uh, shared a lot of what was on the track. And in stark contrast, from 75 to maybe 150K, depending on prep and time and use for a cup car, a GT3 RS 996 is roughly how much these days? Is that a million dollar uh, car? Like, no. Uh, uh, shoot. You're putting me in a spot. Four hundred thousand, maybe. Four hundred? Uh, I think. Oh, that's uh, it's um, 
I I thought they would be closer to a million because of how rare they are. No, I don't think so. It's uh, I'm saying that, and I'm uh. While he's looking that up, um, a, a video just dropped yesterday. Well, actually, you're listening to this, so it's probably almost uh, a week. But um, Damon and Manny dropped a video from their walk around at Rensport Reunion. Uh, they went into the Tag Heuer Heritage Experience, and uh, you dropped some major knowledge. So, anyways, did you find the price before you go go to that? <coughs> uh so one sold. Uh, when did it sell uh, this year for two hundred and two hundred ten thousand? Really, man, I was way <clears throat> yeah, off. Let's go, let's go out and buy one. Wow, that seems like a steal. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't uh, because they, they they started making more and more of these um, as it became more popular. So uh, it wasn't as rare as you may think mm. it is. Hmm. More right. more of them than the GT three, um, but. That's pretty cool. And they're rare because we don't see them here because they were never imported here. Yeah. So you have to get them converted still to uh, bring them in. Man, if if you had two hundred grand burning in your pocket to buy, you know, something new, or you buy something like that, I always thought the first gen uh, GT3, the the ninety nine, mm-hmm. you know, the the real taco tail that yeah. came on the GT3, not the, the car that my car's trying to pretend to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one that I would uh, yeah. like to have just to be able to see you had it because yeah. it's, you rarely ever see the first first ever GT3s. Yeah. So back to you seeing some things that you rarely see, your walk around uh, of the Tag Heuer Heritage Experience uh, at Rensport. <laughs> you dropped some major knowledge, and I know it was and That tough. was like almost under duress because I had to literally run over from our tent to the Heritage tent. Damon was waiting for me. Um do the video and then run back because then we had to interview, uh, I think it was Norbert Singer and, uh, Jochen Moss. Oh, wow. So, uh, it was like a, uh, a mad dash, uh, get suited up and do, well, obviously our one take production. Uh, I had already picked out some cards that I wanted to feature. So unfortunately, we couldn't do all of them, but it was so loud. So I could tell. That's why to, you were like screaming. Yeah. You had to excuse my screaming yeah. because and Damon couldn't hear how the audio was because it was so loud. Mm-hmm. So he was hoping that it was going to come out okay. Oh, my God. And I would look at him. i go, how was that? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I can't hear anything. He just stopped so filming when your mouth stopped. He filming when I would uh, <laughs> stop uh, talking. Yeah. You know, what's what's interesting is you went through that at least a couple of times uh, in, uh, visiting that area. In the video, you see the car that I asked you about, and you don't even remember Seeing that car, and that was the Tag Heuer, no, the, uh, the one that Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it was right behind you. You didn't see it. <laughs> I probably looked at it and then walked away because I thought that's not really that rare. I'm looking oh, for yeah. like the for sure. uh, and that's crazy, the to super think. rare yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, the 935s. Oh, so so many cool. Oh, cars. we could have spent uh, every every car in this uh, this tent would have been a video by itself. If a uh, very detailed video of what made this car uh, so special. Very good. And then uh, Damon also dropped a video on his one-mile review of a 2023 718 Boxster S. So I think that's what – is that py- a Python green? Um, yes, it looks like it. It looks py- – oh, what do you see it as? Do you it's see green. It? I it's see green. green. You yeah. see green. Okay. <laughs> Beige. <Yeah. laughs> so have you ever uh, – and I think his question was, you know, is the 718 platform more fun 
as a convertible as opposed to say a Cayman, which uh, he is he is more of a Cayman person because he's more track oriented in sport driving. But for me, I think uh, I would take uh, the Boxster because uh, I think I've said it before, the experience of driving with the top down, um, it's a lot of fun to be had. And you can do it at whatever speed. And probably the nicest things that you can do is taking a uh, top down drive on a twisty road when it's like just before dusk. And it's just, and you can hear there's, what I love is there's no filter between your head and and the exhaust and you can just hear everything you can smell everything it's almost like riding a motorcycle mm -hmm. yeah. where you can you know drop into areas and you can tell that the temperature changes or the smells it's just so much more engaging um and i know people will say you know it's not exactly for the track or you might lose some structural rigidity but i think these newer cars they take all of that into account is it as structurally rigid oh, as you don't a have cal shake on yeah the, I mean, at least like, I, i've never felt on my boxer yeah maybe, maybe there is if you measure it but as far as driving it on, on you know on on a normal basis it's these cars are solid in fact you if you jack one up they still pick up you know both wheels uh we were using just one jack point so these newer cars if, are I, if I had to have a second car it would be a convertible mm -hmm. if it was my daily in maryland uh, i would go with the cayman yeah, simply because I would plan to keep the car for a long time, and, and that top is just going to deteriorate driving it every yeah, yeah. day, um, especially in Maryland, and if you have to drive it in the snow and salt, and you're uh, then you're worrying about the drains, you're worrying about the mechanics yeah, of the top. It's just, uh, but it, but for a second car, I mean, our Boxster is an 05. It has the original top that looks great. Yeah. And obviously, it's garage. We don't drive it in the um, winter salt. We drive it in the winter, but not when there's salt on the road. Um, so it's uh, no reason why that top can't last another 10 years. So there's something in that uh, 718 video. It's I don't want to say it's an Easter egg, but there's something that's out of place in that video. Have a watch and comment below the video if you notice what it is. And I don't think Manny picked it up either. Uh, so anyways, watch with that the car or with Damon. Uh, with the car, with the okay. car. I mean, you can pick, you can say stuff about Damon too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there's something very peculiar about that car and, uh, you'll notice it if you watch carefully. I was very worried today that, uh, I was going to show up with, uh, one eyebrow. One eyebrow? Because I, uh, <laughs> did you, I did a major faux pas with the grill. Uh, oh, no. last week we were cooking on the grill and we ran out of propane uh -huh. and it was the last bottle. And so um, I took it. I took what we were cooking inside, and we finished it in the oven. And uh, I disconnected the, um, you know, the uh, tank, but uh -huh. I didn't put everything back to close. You didn't, yeah, yeah. I left it open. And uh, of course, my wife's making barbecue chicken last night, and she's. And, uh, I'm like, "Are you planning to put that on the grill?" And she's like, "Oh, I forgot. We don't have propane." I'm like, "I'll, I'll run out and get some." Mm -hmm. So I went out and got some. Plug it. Um, plug in the tank when I come back. And I totally forgot that I left everything open. Oh, no. So. Did you smell it? Well, I, I, I go inside to ask my wife, do you want me to start warming up the grill? Are you ready for the chicken soon? Uh-huh. She says, yes. So I come back out. And I could smell some propane. And yeah. I thought, boy, that's strange. I guess when I plugged it in, and I thought, <laughs> oh, but you know what? I'm going to leave them all off. Oh, no. Please don't gonna, say you I'm going to light it so I can uh, oh, God. burn off anything that's in the line before I light it. 
Oh, no. And as soon as I hit that ignition, it was like a wall of flames. You are so <laughs> lucky you didn't cause a major fire. And, and what, you know, it immediately, it was a flash. It went boom and then yeah. disappeared. And I was like, what the heck <laughs> oh, just God. happened? And, uh, because uh, I had done this before with a uh, charcoal grill. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, I, I completely did a, uh, hair removal on my uh, arm Your arm oh yeah, my i saw God. these things coming down and i'm like what are these like little spider things hair coming tender, down tender it'll turn out to be my uh my hair oh gee <laughs> so this time i'm like feeling my face to see <laughs> if i have any hair left and uh i asked my wife she said yeah it's still there <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my thank gosh. god i'm glad it was but anyways i was like we're doing the podcast and i don't have eyebrows <laughs> oh. all right so let's get into the news we're only we've got uh, a little time so but uh uh, something that we knew was coming, and uh, maybe it's now official of when it will be launched. Well, at least we know it's coming 2025. Um, we're all waiting for, uh, obviously, the GT2 RS, uh, and of course, the hybrid 911. And it looks like it's going to come out in in the GT2 RS being a hybrid. Um, big big questions to wait. Uh, this is an auto car article who uh, has the spy shots of what they think it's a GT2 RS with the hybrid on it. And they think it's only going to add about, um, it's not going to exceed 220 pounds, it says, having the hybrid unit on there. And it's going to use technology from the 963. Mm. It's hybrid. Um, so it's, I don't know how much it's going to be as far as like a Prius saving you or plug-in hybrid where it saves you gas and lets you go electric power versus giving you more power and a boost. So that black car that you were showing on YouTube, that's definitely not the GT2 RS. That, that, is, that would that probably is, be the hybrid. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the GT2 RS is going to be much more wild than that. I, I think if you uh, what Robert was showing before uh, was the um, one with the uh, hood scoops. Yeah, yeah, it's got to have a the, lot more vents. The, the big and wing big in wing, the back. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's the one. There you out. go. Yeah, yep. that would be the um, the GT2 RS. So. Uh, I keep on telling people, I think you're going to be blown away by the hybrid if Porsche does this right. Porsche is not going to let the 911 um, be slow. Mm -hmm. So they're going to uh, make it very, very uh, high performance oriented. But I think they're also going to keep the 911, you know, internal in, with an inclusion of an internal combustion engine for probably as long as they can. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They've already said that. That's their, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's their signature. Right? Well, even so. with the Cayman and Boxer, the fact that they're going to extend the uh, gas oh. version and the manual, I yeah. think um, well, looks like Porsche is listening to their customers. Yeah. And, so where was it that I read? Was it for the, 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 new, the electric Cayman and Boxsters? Like they're, they're trying to make sure that, they're going to come in at a weight of under 4,000 pounds. I think they're trying to, um, I, I think that would be smart because they're trying to work this solid state battery and mm -hmm. maybe see if they can coincide with the debut of solid state batteries. So that'd be pretty amazing that they'll have the electric performance, but still have the nimbleness. And cause like the Taycan, it's, it's very fun to drive. Um, but when you drive it aggressively, you can definitely feel the weight. I mm -hmm. mean, it's it's a heavy vehicle, and certainly if you're doing a sports car, you want to try to eliminate that heavy weight feel. And if their their goal is to come in at under four thousand pounds, that's pretty good. I can't. I would. Uh, I look forward to when somebody hopefully I can drive the electric Cayman or Boxer on the track mm -hmm. with, for braking. Yeah, 
you know, uh, the the motors of breaking the car along with the regular traditional brakes. Yeah. I think it's going to be incredible. Sure. It's not going to fade away. Yeah. I think the limiting factor is going to be the person behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. These cars are going to be amazing. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, talking about PCA events coming up. Unstock November 12th. And it's a record setter. Yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, we were we were a little bit worried because we were coming out of the L.A. area. And going down and, to San Diego. Uh, but I think the opposite happened. They have really come out. We got some very good-looking cars mm-hmm. that uh, and we're picking the ones that are going to come inside uh, to be displayed inside the factory floor, which are going to make for phenomenal photographs. Um, but, yeah, there's some great-looking cars out there that are modified. So we're hoping that we're going to go over 150 modified? Right now we're almost at 160. Sweet. So, um, yeah, you have plenty to look at, uh, plenty to see all day. It's going to be a very fun event. Yeah, so uh, if you miss registration and you can't be in the show, so to speak, with your car, um, there's corral parking and plenty of street parking. Still come out, even if you have to come out in your daily driver Come out and hang out with us. and No charge to no spectate. Charge. You don't need to register to spectate. Nope. You don't need to register for the corral parking. It's all first come, first serve. No charge. Uh, just come out and hang out. Uh, obviously, if you want to eat, you got to pay your own way for the uh, yep. food trucks, but it'll be some good food trucks. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. Definitely, definitely. Uh, also, a good time is scheduled for November 18th and 19th. We will be in Eastvale, California at the Porsche facility with Tech Tactics West. Yep. Right now we have uh, um, a uh, PCNA uh, rep coming to talk about uh, body work on Porsches. And you are going to be blown away uh, like I was. Uh, he did a presentation at Parade that wasn't very well attended because it was coinciding with another main um, presentation. Uh, but uh, I was uh, what I learned is why I'd never want a new car to be in an accident. <laughs> it's amazing how many different uh, materials they use now on new Porsches and how critical it is to have people knowing what to, how to fix these things the correct way um, and not just some shop that says, yeah, we can we, we can fix it. You definitely want to. makes me almost worried about when these cars are 20 years old and people are restoring them, mm-hmm. you know, what it's going to be like because you really have to be trained to be able to fix something that has three different uh, types of uh, metal mm-hmm. and one fender. Yeah, for sure. And I know you're still um, putting together the complete agenda, and we will certainly get it out to all of our members. Um, and if you're not a member, you can uh, check out our website. So with that, uh, this side of the the podcast was a little bit short because we had a great time with Pierre. So we're going to wrap it up unless you have anything else, Manny. Uh, no, so if you're listening to this, uh, Tech Tactics Live already happened. If you didn't watch it live, check it out on YouTube. It's gonna. We have Mike Mauer back again, who did Confessions of a Car Salesman. Uh, he's back again to talk about uh, more in depth about Porsche pricing and how uh, the dealers price things and what you can negotiate, what you can ask for, additional dealer markups, how that works. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff that only someone who's retired and no longer planning to go back to work in the industry will tell you. Absolutely. 
unfiltered. Uh, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, grab that VIN and head over to PCA.org and we'll set you up. And if you're looking for your first Porsche, we have a program called Test Drive and we'll give you access to a lot of resources and we'll help you find that special vehicle to put on your driveway. Remember to follow us on the podcast Instagram page, behind the scenes photos and videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And of course, you can always email us at podcast at PCA.org. And again, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, comment, and hit that like button. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road.